Welcome to Get Your Book Done. I'm your host, Christine Closer, a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author, award-winning publisher, and book writing coach to thousands. I love helping aspiring nonfiction authors write, publish, and promote their best books because there's nothing more powerful than writing a book to transform your life, your readers' lives, your business, and ultimately the world with your message. So let's get started. I am so happy to have with me today my friend Adam Hoagie. He is a number one internationally recognized author, also a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author. But more important than that, because a lot of people have those kinds of rankings, my incredible friend Adam has nearly 3 million books out there in distribution. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about how you can get more sales for your books. So welcome, Adam. I'm excited that you're here today. Thanks, Christine, for having me. I think where I'd like to start, where I usually like to begin with these episodes, is to just get a little bit of the backstory of how did you first land in authorship? For most of the people I talk to, it's not, you know, it wasn't their childhood dream that they grew up thinking, oh, I want to be an author someday. It's something that sort of happened to many of the people that I talk to. So what's your journey? Would you share that with everyone, please? Sure, absolutely. So I did not have that childhood dream. In fact, English was one of my worst subjects in school, to be honest. It's so funny how life gives you so many twists and turns, and you really honestly never know where you'll end up. I find it's important to be patient on your journey because you never know. You, you cannot see ahead of you. So I find it a difficult thing to believe or disbelieve what your future may hold. So for myself, I never saw myself as being an author or even in the position I'm at today. When I first got my beginnings, I would say a few years before I finished my first book, I had it in my mind. Uh, in my heart, whichever way you want to put it, to to get something out there, to write a book. And I've been poking at it for about three years. I'm sure that's something that a lot of people can relate to. But my um, main concern at that time of my life, why I hadn't completed it, was that I was focusing very much on a dark and tumultuous season of life. I had a lot of bills. I was very much in debt. So I was working really, really hard at my job. I was a uh, a technician in a plastics company where I fixed and worked on machines live as they would go down. It was my responsibility to get them back up and running as quickly as I could or the supervisor would come down on me. <laughs> so um, needless to say, for anyone who might be familiar with that kind of environment, it was very high stress. Working 13-hour shifts, 13-and-a-half-hour shifts. I just had a, a new baby, so I wasn't sleeping at night. I was working like crazy, drinking pots of coffee and and tons of energy drinks. And for anyone of you out there who might be a doctor or any type of nutrition-based person, I can see that you're kind of, right now, I can envision right now that you're seeing this (laughs) storm that was coming for myself. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. That'd do anyone in, I think, to some degree. It did. It did. I had a huge health breakdown that almost took my life. I ended up getting a whirlwind of stress-related illnesses, heart problems, and uh, it got so bad that at one time the doctors thought I had cancer, and I had gone to the best medical facilities in the state, 
And eventually my health deteriorated so badly I couldn't work my job anymore. I had to retire. I was 27 years old. I didn't know what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And so my wife at that time, she had gone to work a job and bring in the bacon and uh, just help be that support. I was a stay-at-home dad. I took care of the children. There's nothing more that I was able to do. So at that time, I decided to make some lemonade out of those lemons and figured, why not finish that book I've been trying to work on for so long? At least it, it would put myself towards something positive. And what was most important to me, this was a, a um, Christian book. I had wanted to actually just get a message out there to my people. I felt like it would be a great opportunity to just spread some light in the world. So I, I took that chance. I did it. I put my book out there and it made a whopping $50 that first. Woo, woo, woo. Way to go, Adam. <laughs> so, exactly. I um, Honestly, some people look at this and say, hey, that's not much. But for myself, I had no way of providing for my family. So to see that anybody read my stuff, anybody cared to, they reviewed it, they liked it. I. I felt inspired by that. So I decided to continue writing. What else am I going to do with my time, right? So I finished writing another book, and that one did much better. And I continued writing more. And I saw that there was a, a pattern to how everything worked in terms of sales, especially on Amazon at that time in my life. And as I wrote more, I earned more. I learned more. And the more I learned, the more I was earning. them. And ultimately, what was most important to me, I was impacting more people. So through that, my income slowly would raise incrementally. I doubled it a few times. It went from 50 to 300. So I got six times results there. Well, I mean, six time increase is pretty awesome. Yeah, it, it is. But I mean, a dollar to six dollars, fifty dollars to three hundred dollars. I guess that's, that's a little a bit different if it's like a hundred thousand to six hundred thousand for sure. But right. Still, multiple, you know, multiplied growth like that is, uh, you know, probably it would probably showed you what was possible. Exactly. That's exactly what it came down to. And over time, I was able to get about an $1,800 a month income. And that's right around when I cracked that nut of what Amazon's looking for and how to tap into my fan base. That's the most important thing is that you have a way to approach and reach your readers, whether it's in, on Amazon, whether you're outside of Amazon and trying to externally drive, well, traffic, or I should say, since we're all authors, we need to keep the humanity in it, uh, getting our book in front of more eyes and driving more potential readers to, to your book. So once I got that recipe, that's when my sales started taking off like crazy. Amazon worked a bit differently back then. So the algorithm was very kind to me. I ended up making a lot, $30,000, $40,000 months. But Amazon has this wonderful thing of changing their algorithm. So everything had shifted. I had lost a bunch and I had to learn how to regain it all again and stabilize myself with some more intelligent steps that helps you to, to optimize that. Ultimately, what it came down to is as I learned you really want to expand yourself out further with who you're working with and what you're going to do in terms of getting more marketing to your book. You always need to be thinking, as before the pen hits the page, how am I going to reach my readers? Where are they? What am I going to do? 
And while you're writing it, you identify that, you, you come up with it so that by the time the book is live, you have a way to actually get some traction and move it forward. Beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Um, and just thanks for sharing, you know, the full, not the long version, but at least the abridged version of the deep dive story of, you know, where you were at. I mean, the fact that you literally almost lost your life to this health situation and, you know, we're taking care of your kids while your wife took care of that, you know, providing for your family and, you know, in that space to just have that inkling with so many of you listening like you just have this inkling. You don't have anything tangible. You don't know how it's going to happen. As you said earlier, Adam, like you, you, you know, you can't tell what it's going to, what it's going to look like, you know, this unfolding of your future with the ups and the various downs. And some of you stop yourself in your tracks before you allow yourself to just really nourish and nurture and give energy to that inkling. Now it took Adam three years and sadly, you know, practically being on his deathbed to follow his inkling. And what I'm hoping you picked up from that story is if you haven't started writing yet, or if you've written and you've put it on the back burner, I encourage you to just let Adam's story of you know, going from just idea to really doing something with it, inspire you to take action, to take those first steps before you get a two by four over the head from the universe, you know, as in Adam's case and many other people. It's like, you know, I can't help but think of Anita Morjani. Um, I got to sit and chat with her in person a few months ago. And, you know, she wrote the book called Dying to Be Me. She literally had to die to come back and write this book and share this message. We don't want that for any of you. So just, you know, listen to Adam's story, but let it inspire you and move you to actually taking action. And Adam, before we talk a little bit more about this thing, because I know that some people that are listening heard that, like, you know, how do you tap into your fan base? So I want to talk about how to tap into the fan base. But one of the things that I find myself telling a lot of authors is relates to what you said about, you know, not being so great as an English student back in your younger years, <laughs> is I often tell people that they don't need to be a writer to be an author. Like, that's what editors are for, right? We don't have to be proficient in the English language to be a successful author. Do you have any other just writing tips that you're willing to share prior to us getting into, you know, how to tap into your fan base? Yes, absolutely. Actually, I just, and if you don't mind, I have a couple things uh, just to brush on, on what you were saying earlier. I, I, it's, it's just so in my heart. I really want to encourage people to really move in the direction of, of, of that inkling and those dreams. I, I like to call it the momentum of success. If you move in the direction of your dreams, you're more likely to achieve them. And the harder you press into that, the more momentum and inertia you put into that, the more likely it can and will happen for you. But if you sit there on the sidelines, it's not going to. And it's just like you said, Christine, I needed a two by four. And that's without directly saying it. I was, that's exactly what I'm getting at. I just hope other people don't need that. And from where I began, if I can do this, I'm just a regular guy, a stay-at-home dad. And I've been blessed with this opportunity in my life. Thank goodness for the digital age we live in. I really honestly believe with all my heart, if I can do this, everybody can do this. But now getting back into your question about writing, I've had to, as you can imagine, learn to become more proficient with my writing. And a part of that's just simply because if I'm going to be trying to communicate, 
I want to become more proficient at it. And a few things before you even consider writing itself, a few things I do recommend is actually taking the time to read and read and read. See how other authors are doing it. Get into a book. And when you get something super descriptive, now I'm not saying that the words are descriptive, but your imagination is really sucking you and pulling you into something so that you say to yourself, wow, that's amazing. Holy cow, that's scary. Or wow, that's beautiful. You just, you can envision this thing. I want you to stop in that moment, rewind, and then analytically read. How did they do that to you? Or if you feel inspired by it, if you're, if you're writing something that's inspirational, transformational, how did that author bring you to that conclusion so that you can feel that inspired? Because all communication, whether it's, whether it's oral or if it's written, however it might look, is ultimately, whatever we do, communication is ultimately an exchange of emotions. So what are you doing? How are you not how are you communicating, how is the reader receiving the communication? Just like when you're talking to somebody else, it's not what you say to them, it's how they receive what you're saying. So sometimes we need to change what we're saying for each person because that's what that individual needs. But when it comes to writing, obviously it's not that way. So the first thing I like to do is for myself, I started digging into everything. Yes, I, I'm, I'm, I've written a lot of nonfiction books. I've also written fiction, other things. But I feel my nonfiction truly improved when I took the time to read multiple genres, romance, scary books, all kinds of things, because it helped me to better communicate those emotions I was going through in those moments of my life. And when you can turn a phrase pretty well, in your speech, and the more you immerse yourself in that, the easier it gets. You'll find that it's easier to turn phrases in your books that sound pretty good. And one more thing I like to say is, let's say whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction, if there's something behind the scenes that's really happening, where you can see there's just this, this overall symbolism or something, whatever it might be, feel free to use it in your book you're at liberty to do these things. So use it in there so people can connect those dots and see exactly what, you know, it's, it's all about that imagination for them to be able to mentally be, be walked through what, what's happening here. So really it comes back down to working on the principles of show, don't tell. <laughs> uh, so well said. And as you talk about, you know, imagination, I also can't help, like, as you said that I also, sort of heard the word in my mind, connection, especially if you're writing nonfiction, the connection that you have with your ideal reader as you're writing that book can help you find those words. And I just have to say, Adam, I'm like a hardcore nonfiction reader. Like if I'm going to read, it's because I want to learn something. How to this, how to that, you know, whether it's, you know, business or marketing or, you know, personal growth, whatever, like that's the kind of stuff I read. And I just recently was like, I need to start reading other genres. So I recently read a beautiful memoir and I read fiction, which I haven't done literally in years. And I can feel as I read those books in those different sorts of genres that it did, it did feed me. I am finding some of my writing just being a, you know, a little bit juicier. So I love that point. I'm grateful that you shared that. So thank you. So let's move on here and talk a little bit about this thing called fan base. I mean, there's so many directions we can go because there's so much to talk about. 
But what do you feel is most important for you to share with our audience on how to tap into that fan base? Like what are some of the things that need to be doing to help them tap into the fan base and, you know, have that lead to more book sales when they're either their books might be out already or their book is coming out soon or will be out next year and they need to know how to do that. So what's some of the most important tips you want to share in that regard? So there's a couple of things there. It just depends on on what level somebody's beginning. If they're brand new, then they need to understand that building an email list does nothing for you if you don't know who you're targeting and what you're doing. So ultimately, you need to put yourself in the shoes of your target reader. Many times uh, when I write a book, I try to imagine myself as a target reader. What would I do? Am I really interested in this book I'm writing? (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. if I'm not why am I writing it you know <laughs> write what you love <laughs> yes yes yes, um, yes. I, I might I might give all these analytical talks about marketing a book positioning it this and that and while some writers don't always write what they love to read but they maybe they love to write it just like I guess a better analogy how some men might like to play football and not watch it or and half of the other men on this listening right now are probably crying out heretics, but, um, (laughs) but the truth be told it's to, to an extent, if you're not enjoying what you're writing or you're not enjoying what you're reading, then perhaps you should, you should move in the direction of something you're enjoying doing because it reflects in your writing. And you know what, Adam, before you jump on, I just want to say something really important here for those of you, especially writing nonfiction is I always tell people to make sure that you're so passionate about that topic that in five or 10 years, you'd still be happy to be talking about that book rather than like the book that you write today and like you're over the moment it gets published. Because I sadly, I see that happen from some authors that don't think ahead, like you're asking them to sort of think. The passion is so important. Otherwise, when that book comes out, you're not going to have what it takes inside you, that oomph to get out there and do the marketing and build the fan base and connect with the fan base and all the other things you're about to tell us. So um, I, I love that you've touched on how important it is to be passionate, really love what you're doing, because you might still be talking about it five, 10, who knows, 20 years down the road. Well, exactly, exactly. Because there's a lot of things behind the scenes to make a truly successful career out of it. You're going to have to be doing much more than just writing a book. You're going to have to build email lists and fan base and talk about it all the time. Is this something you really want to be doing? And if you're not passionate about what you're writing, it shows in your writing. And all marketing begins with writing a really good book. And because of the word of mouth, and when a reader reads it, when they feel inspired by it, let's say it's nonfiction, they feel inspired by it, transformed by it, they love it, then how likely is it that you are organically going to get those five stars that you need for your reviews? Um, It's very likely. And the more people love the book, the more they talk about it. Yes. So there's some factors right there. I just want everyone, if you're not driving, write that down if you haven't yet written it down or etch it in your brain forever, your heart forever. All marketing begins by writing a really good book because some people forget about that part, sadly. So just want to make sure no one missed that uh, gem that you just dropped there. Right. And I want to touch really briefly on the fact that Previously, you said that you don't necessarily need to be a good writer to be a good author. And I agree with it because really authorship is about communication. 
And so if you're passionate about what you're communicating, you're more likely to transform, convince, etc. So that's what makes a good book. You don't have to turn the best phrases in the world, but you should have good communication. And the more you love something, the more passionate you are about it, the more you want to dive into it. And is this really something, this, this topic, is this something you want to be talking about for years to come? And if it is, remember, you will be talking about it. If you're trying to build an audience, if it's nonfiction, you have an opportunity to also sell a lot on the back ends too. And right now that might not be an option, but later you're going to find it could be online courses that can help people dive deeper. Maybe you might get into coaching, consulting, uh, whatever your nonfiction might be about. I don't know. I don't know. But I've seen people even in fiction create other back-end things, courses and, and, and other things. Now, I don't want to dig too deep into that. But the point of the matter is, is that you don't know where this journey is going to take you. So be passionate about what you're doing. Start there so you can have a good book. Have great communication, both in the book and when you're out there trying to present it to other people. You're more likely to write really good sales copy if you're passionate about what you're trying to to sell. All things in life really are sales. I'm not talking about the sleazy, you know, sales. Buy my book, buy my book. Not that. I'm talking about when you're communicating. You're always trying to sell somebody on an idea. You're at home talking to your husband or your wife, and you you want to convince them to go to the movies. You're trying to sell them on an idea. It's really everything comes down to understanding <laughs> that fact. And so the idea here is the concept of your book, the topic of it, you're trying to sell them on that. And that really comes down to being passionate about your communication, like being on fire. You're the match and everybody's the kindling. The more passion, the more fire you have with that, the easier it is to get other things to, to, to burn things. Well, not to burn things, it sounds bad, but <laughs> to, to set, set that fire in other people. So from there, that brings us into the fan base. Your fans are more likely to be inspired by you and to like you if this is where you begin because they can connect with you. And that's what it comes down to. Now, when you can connect with them, now you want to ask yourself some other logical questions like, where can I find them online? I started, when I started this, I started with Amazon. That's the hottest buyers. We're in the bookstores. For me, I started with Amazon, but whatever bookstore you're in, the hottest potential buyers are the people floating around in the stores right now. And they have traffic, they have algorithms, they have ways for you to connect with that. And it's important for you to take the time to understand how your book is found in the store. Once you understand that and you've written a good book, you want to polish that book so that people, when they look at it for the first time, they can tell it's a good book. So give yourself and your book what it deserves a great cover. Etc. Great cover, great description, those kinds of things, because these are going to help to sell it. And now, when it comes to the fan base, though, when they see these things, uh, when they're in the store, they're more likely to convert into a reader. So we want to aim these kinds of people now into, let's say, an email list. The basic concept is is that you want to have a way to centralize your audience and be able to connect with them. You don't want to have to totally rely on Amazon, totally rely on Google SEO, YouTube, or whatever else it is that you might be hearing out there. You want to have a source of your own traffic that you can control, your own fan base. And the email list at this time is the best way. You can also add in there other things like uh, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera, whatever works for you. Some people are Instagram influencers, Etc. But really, what it comes down to 
The money is in the list. More people respond to the lists. Whichever has the greatest response rate for you, build something there. Build it out, grow it, and have a way of continuously being able to connect. Because the more they see your content, the easier it is to continue to communicate these messages that sell them on that idea that makes them want to buy your book, maybe your backend stuff. And if you're passionate about this topic, I promise you, you're, you say, this is going to be my one book, I'm done. But if you're passionate about it, you're going to find, I enjoyed that. I'm writing another. So <laughs> that's usually how it goes. Uh, an author who loves what they do it probably are going to write more than one. So that's, that's based, the basic premise behind it. But a fan base is a circle of influence. And there's uh, probably in a little bit, I might want to get more into what that circle of influence is. But there are other ways for free for you to tap into hundreds of thousands, even millions of potential readers very quickly. And it's, it's something that I feel like a lot of authors miss out on. And they need to come outside their comfort zone and do this because it, it creates rapid success is how my clients, I've had some of them hit the USA Today, how they've hit tops of the charts, the stores, how I've run for the USA Today, how I'm doing it now. And I've had people from brand new few sales jump up really quickly like this. So it's important to understand where to find them and how to connect with them. I do want you to talk about that in just a moment, briefly, before we wrap up. But first thing I want to do is just reiterate the importance of this message. Some of the key words that I want you to walk away with from this episode today are passion, communication, connection. Like just in everything you're talking about, in whether it's the writing process or the building the fan base, you know, process. It feels like it, like that's the core passion, communication, and what was the other one? I just said it. Now I can't Correction. And Yes. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I hope that you've all kind of got that lodged into your being as a result of listening today to take with you into your writing and, you know, publishing and book marketing journey. And then I would love for you with everyone kind of holding that space. I'd love for you to just briefly talk a little bit about this other piece that you want to touch on that a lot of authors miss out on. And then we'll wrap it up. So what it is, is a lot of authors make the mistake of working alone. Now, when you're first starting out trying to learn this process, well, that's fine. There are places you can go to market your book, book blogs, book promotion sites, but only so many of them produce good results. And you have to get booked with them. They have to have time for you and you have to have a proper launch, et cetera, for these things to work. So your sales really max out pretty quick. So what you need to do is open up a bit. You live in a big world. There's a lot of authors who talk about similar subjects and topics that you do, whether it's nonfiction or even if it's fiction, especially if it's fiction pointing my finger at you, fiction author, <laughs> um, because <laughs> that's a lot of where I get the resistance from sometimes as a fiction author, because they feel like, oh, how does this apply to me? Well, it definitely does, because this is, fiction authors sometimes are some of the first people to think of it, is how most indie authors, self-published, et cetera, are hitting the tops, the USA Today, Wall Street, work with other authors, create friendships with them. You could start by doing it online. There's so many different ways to make those connections. Just reach out to them. Talk about maybe working together with them. As you grow your own list, this also is another way that you can cross-promote with them. 
And basically what I do, though, is I might do a multi-author book. Maybe I might do an online summit. That might be a little too advanced right now for people. But the point is, is have something that helps bring people who would be interested in an event or something that you're doing. So for fiction and nonfiction, a really great thing can be a multi-author book. Bring them all into it. Work together towards a common goal. And then these people have had months, potentially, to work alongside you, to get to know you. It develops into a friendship. Friends are more likely to promote you than anyone else. So very simply, it comes down to this concept. Think of it like two circles, like a target. So we got the inner bullseye, the outer huge part of the target. The inner bullseye is your email list, your fan base directly that you can connect with yourself. And I don't care what you do. I don't care if you build that to a a million people. What everyone else's lists, everyone else's connections to the market out there are always going to be exponentially, incredibly larger than yours. So if you want to tap into, just really quick, 250,000 subscribers in the next 30 days and you have zero, I find it to be difficult if you try it tradition like everyone else. A lead magnet, that's, that's how you get someone on your email list. It might be a book that you're presenting to someone else for free in exchange for their email. They come in, they get that. Usually it's one out of two people if you're doing pretty good. So that means in order to get 250,000 people in the next 30 days, you'd have to look for, identify, and reach out to 500,000 individuals to convince half of them to get onto your list. Just not realistic. And the only way to do it is if you're a multi-cajillionaire spending millions of dollars on Facebook ads or something like that. So it's really not as realistic for 99% of the population out there. So how do we do it? I find it infinitely easier to find 10 people who have 25,000 subscribers each and convince them in the next 30 days to work with me. And now I've just grown my circle of influence by 250,000 subscribers. So it's all about leverage. Too many people are using those tiny levers to open big doors. There's a bigger lever for you. Open yourself up to working with other people. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. That communication and having that passion, that drive, people are more likely to come alongside you and work with you in regard to things that they're also passionate about. Thank you so much, Adam. And I can't help but, you know, hear this theme of connection because you taught, you know, at first you talked about, you know, too many authors isolate themselves. There's, you know, there's this illusion or this, I don't know, image that authors need to be these, you know, isolated, tormented, you know, locked in a room writing kind of human beings. And it's a very, you know, like a very isolated solo practice. And All Adam and I can tell you is it is not. You go so much further, so much faster when you're not doing it alone and you are supported and you are connected. So I love that once again, you brought that word connection, not just to writing, not just to, you know, building the fan base, but also in how to go out there and not be isolated and begin to build these relationships so that you do have people who are happy to share your book when it comes out. So thank you so much, Adam, for sharing everything there. I know we just barely scratched the tip of the iceberg today. So be sure to go over to the show notes because Adam has a tremendous resource for you called the Fanbase Formula. It's a free training. It's going to help you really rapidly scale your book sales 
and deeper dive a little bit more into exactly what Adam did to sell all those books he has and help his clients sell all the books they have. So it's available for you completely for free. Just go into the show notes. You'll see there that there's a link to go get Adam's free resource. And I certainly encourage you to do that if you want to learn a little bit more about the fan base formula. So thank you, Adam, so much for being here today. It's been a real joy and pleasure talking with you. Thanks again for having me. And bye, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Get Your Book Done. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to everything we talked about today. And if you want my help with your book, head over to christinecloser.com to learn more and get a free copy of my book, The Transformation Quadrant, which will show you how to blueprint your book in 15 minutes or less. The Get Your Book Done podcast is where the leading conversation is happening for transformational authors everywhere. And I'm grateful you tuned in.